You're listening to the On The Go with VAO News Podcast for the week ending September 30th, 2016. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, a weekly recap of the top headlines from the daily acquisition news. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Dara Curran, content developer and news writer. So naturally, the big news for the week is we all get to come back to work on Monday. President Barack Obama on the 29th signed a continuing resolution to keep the government funded through December 9th after a great deal of back and forth among lawmakers over funding to combat Zika, flood recovery assistance, and what vehicle would be used to deliver aid to Flint, Michigan, which of course is grappling with lead-contaminated water. This can-kicking should set us up for an interesting December because of course the presidential election will be over by then, which I fear was actually a restraining factor that kept lawmakers during this round more cooperatively inclined than they might otherwise have been. On the plus side, the new Star Wars movie is set for release the week after the CR expires, so at least there's that to look forward to. There are a ton of details about the CR and the provisions it contains on the VAO from the Hill page. The General Services Administration has reached an agreement with Dun & Bradstreet that will allow federal agencies to not only continue using the Data Universal Numbering System, or DUNS number, but also expand the reach of this information. A $26 million amendment to the Dun & Bradstreet contract, which runs through the end of June 2018, allows DUNS-sourced data to be used in integrated award environment systems, which will facilitate better business analysis by federal agencies. It allows third parties to access a subset of the DUNS data for commercial use, and it gives the federal government perpetual access to the DUNS data, even if it stops working with Dun & Bradstreet, which GSA has floated the idea of previously, and even has had its 18F technology group working to identify an alternative to. The Office of Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy has given defense components a bit more time to implement the Procurement Instrument Identification, or PIID, numbering system. PIID aims to standardize procurement transactions across the federal government by assigning unique activity address codes to contracting and other offices. A DFARS rule issued in February had called for implementation by October 1st, but DPAP has extended the deadline to March 31st of 2017 to give components more time to complete the necessary system upgrades to meet program requirements. GSA has finally given contractors a notice to proceed under its Human Capital and Training Solutions, or HCATS, contracts. The GWACs had been delayed by no fewer than 26 protests, but the Government Accountability Office has denied or dismissed all of the challenges, clearing the way for work to get started. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has set a launch date for its first geostationary operational environmental satellite, or GOES-R, which has been pushed back several times. The delays and Government Accountability Office warnings about the $11 billion program have been making residents of weather-thwacked areas fairly nervous, since GAO had warned of potential gaps in weather monitoring coverage if planned program milestones continued to be put off, missed, or actually went awry. A successful launch would enable GOES-R to greatly bolster the amount of weather data available to scientists beginning in the middle of 2017. Some very extensive reading on regulatory updates were in the Federal Register this week. 
To start with, the Department of Labor released nearly 500 pages of guidance on implementing President Obama's executive order establishing paid sick leave for federal contractors, which requires workers on federal contracts to accrue at least one hour of sick leave for every 30 hours worked. That accumulated time can then be used for the employee's own illnesses, to care for sick family members, or for other covered absences. More than 35,000 comments were received on the February 25th proposed rule, so no wonder that thing is so long. It also sets forth the purpose and scope of the rule and related definitions, the contracts, and employees who are and are not covered, what responsibilities the contractor has and what responsibilities both the Department of Labor and contracting federal agencies have, and how violations will be handled. The final rule is effective November 29th, but January 1st is actually the line in the sand to be aware of. Covered contracts with solicitations issued after that date or contracts awarded outside the solicitation process after that date are subject to the new rules. We also had a FAQ come out. Circular 2005-91 has 10 final rules and one interim rule related to a laundry list of topics. Here's a quick rundown, and please avail yourself of our more extensive news coverage for further details. It re-ups the prohibition against entering into a contract with a firm with delinquent federal tax liability or felony conviction, provides a new form for contractors to report veteran employment, authorizes sole source awards under the Women-Owned Small Business Program to economically disadvantaged WOSBs and eligible WOSBs, revises the allowable cost limit for contractor and subcontractor compensation to allow for scientists, engineers, or other specialists to fulfill contract requirements, and it makes some editorial changes. Now, all of those are effective immediately. Final rules effective October 31st make the unique identification of entities receiving federal awards a bit more generic, so no proprietary standard or number will be referenced. It implements Small Business Job Act changes to provide for a government-wide policy on consolidation and bundling. Implement a section of the 2016 NDAA that requires quote-unquote significant savings to be achieved with multi-year contracts adds Ukraine and Moldova as new designated countries under the World Trade Organization Government Procurement Agreement, implements a fiscal 2008 NDAA provision that removes DOD unique requirements for contractors performing private security functions outside the United States, and defines full cooperation within the associated clause. The interim rule implements an executive order and DOL rule prohibiting federal contractors from retaliating against workers for revealing how much they are paid. The interim rule is effective immediately, and comments must be submitted by November 29th to be considered in the formation of the final rule. Whew, okay, a lot of rulemaking, and that is it for the podcast for this week. If you are a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can read more about any of the covered headlines on the same VAO page where you downloaded the podcast. Tune in again next Friday to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Goodbye.